want to talk about something. I wanted to kind of give a message, if God would help me, to kind of lead off this uh, Faith in Blue weekend because there is so much uh, meaning here. And while certainly we as a community want to get behind and embrace our law enforcement personnel in every way we can. Beyond that, though, and I think deeper than that is, is what is called racial diversity. So I'm going to tell you right now tonight, this morning, I'm going to play the race card, okay? I think too long we sweep that under the rug. We don't like to talk about it, you know? Racial and eth ethnic diversity. And I want you to know that the law enforcement have to deal with a lot of that because they're com completely, I don't see how they do their job under the scrutiny of, of the racial, you know, being called a racist. Now, I don't believe anybody in this room is a racist. I, I pray to God I'm not. But I, I do believe that we all have a tinge of it in our unredeemed flesh. I do. So therefore, we need to understand it more and we need to embrace God about it more. Because what happens with, uh, with uh, the law enforcement and the community is about a relationship, Okay? And so what, we, what I see and what I see in my personal life and what I believe in our nation is when you get social distance from God, you're going to get social distance from one another. And, and that's exactly where we are. But, but I want us to see this from the aspect of, 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 of the, the, what, what, is the, what is this hand? I mean, we, we, we think about the unseen hand, we talk about joining our hands, but I'm going to tell you, if you shake my hand or I shake your hand and I just give you a fish and I don't have any grip in that hand, it means nothing. It really means I don't really like to be doing it. But when you shake somebody's hand and they give you a firm grip of affirmation, what it means is I love you and I'm going to be with you. So I just want to deal with that today if God would help me in that regard. And we don't have as much time as we normally have, but... Anyway, we'll deal with it as God lives, let, lets us do it. Would you uh, turn with me to Revelation? I'm going to go to Revelation because I understand this part of Revelation is the end times, and we're certainly thinking about that more than today. Chapter 14, if you want to look at it. And so what's happened here in the end times, the, the seven seals have been opened, but the intensity has not gathered itself right yet. In other words, it's, it's out there. But things are going to get worse. So God sends three angels, and I'm going to talk about what the first angel said, okay? And uh, what I believe that the end times mean, I mean, again, we don't know what time it is, but I think it's closer, don't you, than ever before. Nor have I ever had a baby. But I understand that there's intensity with birth pangs. And so they get stronger and stronger before the baby's born. And so that's what happens, I understand, that Jesus, Jesus is coming again. So we have an increase of the intensity of hatred, of, of uh, hopelessness, of, of just plain out sin. And so, so God, though, is sovereign. The comforting part of Revelation, as horrific as a lot of it is, is the sovereignty of God. And that's what I want to try to bring us, because God's got to grip us. If we're going to hold one another's hands, we want to be able to, we've got to have the grip that only God can give us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the gospel, the G-O-S-P-E-L, where the grip of grace comes in. 
That's what we're going to have to deal with, racial diversity, ethnic diversity, that we're all not the same. But we have to have the gospel. Jesus Christ is the only remedy for this. He's the only one. He's always been. And yet we just think we can paint paint around it or dance around it, but we cannot. And so listen, now this is a warning from one of the angels just before God just pours out his vials of wrath. And we deserve it all. That is God's wrath. We do. And here he says in verse 6 of Revelation, in verse chapter 14, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. For the hour of His judgment is come and worship Him that made heaven and earth fountains of water. So what we're dealing with the context here, the 144,000, those are people that God has sealed. These are not Jehovah Witnesses. These are 140,000 people, 12,000 out of each tribe of the Jews. And God has sealed them. And they're in this horrific time, the end times. And they're still proclaiming the gospel. See, the gospel is everlasting. The gospel is always good news. Now, it's just about too late, but not quite. And so they're giving some grip. They're giving something to grasp on. And they're saying, I'll tell you what, now this is something that God says, the everlasting gospel. What is that? That's what I want to talk about today. It's truth, and the truth will make you free. I want to try to say three things about this uh, gripping, or the grip of the gospel. The The number one thing I want to say is the doctrines of grace. That is what the gospel is. What I mean by that, the doctrines of grace... That means the five points of Calvinism. That means that God has called us a depraved people. Everybody since Adam. We're all sin. We're all dead spiritually. Black and white and yellow and green and gray. Everything. There's no race or ethnic group that is favored above God. Paul said in Romans 10, he said the Jews and the Greeks are the same. God chose the people Jews, but He only did that as He numbered His nation that would bring about a Messiah uh, from the tribe of Judah. So we see that that God's doctrines of grace is the only way. We're going to have to... uh, The doctrines of grace enables us to grasp racial diversity. That's my first point. The doctrines of grace, the five points of Calvinism, are the only way that we can embrace uh, racial, ethnic diversity. And what I mean by that, that we're to pray that God chose a people before the foundation of the world. He did it unconditionally. He did it because He loved them, not because they were black or white, or green or gray. He didn't do it because they were going to come to faith one day. He did it because He loved them, and He chose to do it because He's God. Now, you might not understand it. I don't understand it completely, but He's God. Let's let Him be God, okay? And embrace that, that God did it. And that in in choosing that people, God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, 
to die on the cross to pay for theirs and only their sins. That's what Jesus came to do. And He did it. And when He said it's finished, it's finished. But I'm going to tell you, friends, the reason the doctrines of grace is ultimately important is that we see that we have a great camaraderie. We have a great camaraderie with everybody. I'm no better than any black. You're no better. They're no better than me or you or, or Hispanic or whatever. Because we're all sins. Romans 3 said there's no, not one good one. None good. No, not one. That's what God says. So God does something about it. The thing about it is we need to see what God, it took for God to bring us to that. But God chose the people. He gave His Son to die for a people. And then God brings us His Spirit to redeem, to bring us to the faith of God. We don't just think about Jesus and say, I think I'm going to be a Christian. No, God has done that to you, and God has brought you into this darkness of this time to be the light and the salt of the world because God has given you His Spirit. You have Jesus in your heart. And so we need to see this. I'll tell you, if we really understood the desperation of what God has done for us. Hey, I want all sort of thing about, you think about your faith. You think about God has saved you from eternal wrath. And I'm going to tell you this, the diversity in hell will be just as great as the diversity in heaven. And it won't be based on race or creed or color. It's going to be based on who Christ died for. And either that, that God's Diversity in heaven will be just as great, but it'll have harmony. And it'll be just the opposite, of course, in hell. But we see that and we say, what? thank you, God. We ought to rejoice that God has redeemed me by His grace. How desperate I am. How much I need Jesus. I'm not worthy. Really, really, if we understood who God has made us in Christ, we would be the most prideful people in the world. Except we do understand, don't we? that we don't deserve any of it. God has saved us by His grace because He loves us. I'll tell you, you will never see a white-hooded Ku Klux Klan person with a broken heart, desperate for a Savior, knowing He's a sinner. You'll never see it. You will never see a Farrakhan follower. You'll never see one leading a riot that is brokenhearted because he's a sinner and he's looking for Jesus. You'll never see it. And that's the deal, friends. We are in a situation where sin is the culprit. Now, we're living in a time where, you know, it's the end sin. Racism is the end sin. But I want to tell you something else. What about sexual promiscuity? That's okay, isn't it? What about abortion? That's okay. You know, I hear certain political groups say, well, you know, let's follow the signs. Science will tell you that life begins at conception. But there's no following the science there. I'm going to tell you, we need to see that and understand that we are a people that God has called with a holy calling. That means that your call comes from heaven. And that means that God enables you by His amazing grace. And to see that, we see that God says here the everlasting gospel. I want you to see that what that means. The everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell upon the earth. See, God's love is unconditional. But I'm going to say the, the everlasting gospel, 
the doctrines of God's grace. See, we will not be able to legislate morality. You will not be able to promote self-esteem by skin color. See, that is failed by the political system and the government. You will not say, well, you know, that person's black, so let's give them this job. No, what we need to do, or that person's white, let's do this and that the other. What you have to promote is the foundation of justification before you get to reconciliation. You have to understand, and I have to understand, if best God will allow us, that it's only God that comes into our hearts and that God has given us the ability to have faith and the decision to follow Christ or either to rebel against Him and go to hell is ultimately in the hands of God. That's right, friends. It's God that's doing it. God says in Second, uh, Acts 13, 48, He says, And when the Gentiles heard this, they, they rejoiced. And as many as were ordained for eternal life believed. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, The natural person, the person that just comes from Adam, that God has not given His Spirit, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can they know them. What we need to be as a Christian people is understanding what a privilege we have, what a humility we should be enforcing in our lives, that God has given us His Spirit, that God has saved us by His grace, that God has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that God is giving us everything that God has brought us. He's forgiven us of all our sins. And so what a blessing we see that. I want you to see that. That is foundational, I believe. I was reading, I was studying this. Uh, one of John Piper's books, uh, I, I can't remember the name, One Blood, maybe something like that, but he quoted uh, in history a guy by the name of, of uh, Wilbur Wilberforce back in the 1750s, the 1750s to early 1800s. That man led uh, abolition in Britain. And you know what he did? He did it based on the doctrines of the Reformed theology of God's grace. That's how he did it. He based it on understanding the foundation of the gospel grip, is understanding that God has chosen you, that God has brought you, that God loves you, and that without God we're all, we're all sinners. We, we're no, no better than the other. We're not. So, so the thing about the grip to this part of the point is you and I cannot grip grace and hold on to grudges at the same time. We can't do it. So, so let's thank God for saving us and appreciate Him. Now, when I think about the doctrine, turn over to Revelation 5, 9. Listen to what it says. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. And to open the seals, Revelation 5, 9. Therefore, there are, talking about Jesus, the Lamb of God, who died for you, who died for blacks and whites and all in between. And he says, And to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Blacks, whites, yellows, and greens. The only way to God is through the blood of Jesus. The red, pure blood. 
out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You see what he's saying? He didn't say everybody out of every nation, kindred and people. He says a nation has redeemed some, brought to God, has redeemed to God by thy blood out of every nation. Some out of every nation. He didn't say all. Of all diversity, of all ethnic groups, of all races. Isn't that amazing? And why? And has made us unto our God, did it for God. That's why we need to grasp it. Because this is God. See, God created the races, okay? God made the diversity, and I frankly think God rejoices in it. And I don't think we're going to get to where we need to be uh, by integration, by interracial marriage. I think the only way is the grip of the doctrines of grace that enables us to really see that we're just right on the same level. There's no racial uh, uh, cards with God as far as promoting one race above the other. There's not. And we need to find that. And he made us kings and priests. That means we're to be together in all that he does. So that's the first thing I want to say. Gosh, there's so much I wanted to say more about the doctrines of grace. My point is the doctrines of grace enable us to grasp racial diversity. If you can't see yourself as an undone sinner, uh, apart from God's ability given to you to have faith and believe in Him, then, then you don't understand it. Then, then, then you don't understand what God has done for you. I mean, it ought to make us feel, oh God, how can I judge anybody? Doesn't mean we shouldn't judge sin in our lives and even the lives of others, but it does mean that we need to grasp racial diversity in our lives. Okay, secondly, I'm going to say this. My second point is faith in Jesus holds us tighter than skin color. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Race, faith in Jesus holds us tighter than skin color. Luke chapter 4. Here's Jesus preaching. I want you to see what he says with me. Luke chapter 4. In verse 16, and I'm going to skip some verses and go some other verses in this chapter. But here's what's happening. Luke 4, 16, and he came, that is Jesus, to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now he's preaching from God's word. And he said, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. That's a lot. Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel, see, to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. So the grass of racism that seems to be at least talked about in our nation, is the only way it's going to be broken is Jesus proclaiming the gospel, which is himself, okay? And now I'm going to, in that same chapter, look at verse 24. Uh, no, let's see, I'm going to go to 25, verse 25. All right, my point, keep up with me now. My point is 
Faith in Jesus holds us tighter than skin color. Got it? He says here in verse 25 of Luke 4, But I tell you of a truth. Here's Jesus. It's read in my Bible. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. You remember that? Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for over three years. But listen to what Jesus says. But none of them, unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. See, what Jesus is saying, there's a lot of Israelites, there's a lot of Jews, but he chose a foreigner. You got it? That's what he was saying. Now, now friends, they were more hatred and diversity of racism, as you call it, between Jews and Gentiles at this time than that we are between, or some people say, between blacks and whites, even in America today. And in fact, it's just, being promoted, I'm convinced, just for politics. I mean, it's about like some of these other things we're dealing with. And we need to pray that God would help us understand that I'm going to have faith in Jesus because that's the only way that's going to hold me tight than skin color. Okay, so Jesus said that. He said there was a lot of Jews there, but he went to a fart. And then in verse 27, he says, And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them was clean, cleansed, save in Naaman, the Syrian. Syrian. What is that? That's a, that's a foreigner. <laughs> so you see what Jesus is doing? He says, What matters is faith in me. You remember he went to the Samaritan woman, foreigner. He healed the lepers, the ten lepers. Only one come back and thanked him. Who was he? He was a foreigner. That's who he was. When Jesus well, pronounced the house of God, he says this house is called a house of prayer for all nations. He didn't say for the whites or the blacks or the blues or the primitive Baptists or the Methodists or the Baptists. He said for all people. So we have this, this diversity, we have it around us, but we need to embrace it and understand what matters is my faith in Jesus. And I pray that God would help us. In Ephesians, in Ephesians, quickly, there's a, there's a couple things that may, mainly just emphasize what Jesus has already told us by his example. But he says... In Ephesians chapter 2, you know, that chapter really tells us where we come from, starting off that how we were quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, how in times past we were, of course, of this world. I don't know about you, but I have sinned a lot in my life, okay? But I am so thankful that Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. And I'm going to give my life and whatever time you give me or anybody else gives me to tell people about God, that's exactly what I'm going to do, how good he is. And that that, that holds me tighter than any other problems that I have. See, then my skin color. See, I didn't use this. I would not have done this for illustrative purposes. But if you could have seen my face earlier this week, you would have might have said, well, that guy 
has been down to the Trump rally, and he was in the wrong place, and somebody beat him up. Or you might say, if you didn't know me, you might say, that guy was running around his wife, and she caught him. My, my point is, you know, we have a tendency to judge on the outside, don't we? We do. See, I don't know what it's like to be black. You don't either. You don't know what it's like. Uh, we were born white. That's God doing, not, not us. But what we got to understand is we are no better than anybody that's black. And what makes it so is Jesus says we don't have any other difference in God because God's grace, we all come the same way to God through the blood of Jesus. He says that right here in Ephesians 2. He says in verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. You remember Romans deals emphatically with the fact that all Israel is not Israel. What we're talking about is spiritual Israel. And so we've already slain where God has a people out of every nation, kindred, and tongue. And so he says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's all of us, red and yellow, black and white. But look at verse 13. Here's what Jesus, here's where the faith in Christ holds us tighter than racial or ethnic diversity. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's, that's what brings us in. And he goes on about the peace that comes with it. So first of all, I want us to see from that, those verses, the everlasting gospel, is, is certainly to embrace the doctrines of grace. What I mean by that is the truth about how you were saved. Not what you've heard somebody say, not what you think is fair. What does God say about salvation? That is the doctrines of grace. And to believe that, that it's God's work, and to have the ability to receive that and embrace that, God has to give that to you, and He has. So, so that melts away our holding on to some kind of racial or ethnic diversity. It helps us grasp it, rather, with peace and joy and evangelism, even. And then secondly, I've tried to at least touch that Jesus and faith in Him holds us tighter than the color of our skin. And then the last thing, and and I'll, I'll move on with it. But it is so important. And it's so blessed to see the gospel, the power of the gospel. See, the gospel is like dynamite. It will fill all the crevices of our broken racial uh, problems that we have. And every other problem. That's what the gospel does. And that my point is this, that the gospel breaks the grip of the devil. Don't you ever take the devil out of this case of what's going on in our world. He's a 24-hour devil, seven days a week. And so he is, he is behind all of this. See, he hates you. He hates God. And the more strife and 
work he can do against God and against his church and his people, he's going to do it. He's a liar. He's a thief. And so, so we see that, that the gospel, though, will break that. See, and this is what I want to say. You know, it talked about in our text, in the, in the second verse, that, that fear God. That's, that's the everlasting gospel, fear God. Worship God that created the heavens and the earth and the universe. Ecclesiastes, the last verse or two of that, of that book says, uh, the conclusion of the whole matter is that we fear God and keep His commandments. So how does the gospel break Satan's hold? First of all, it breaks the guilt. See, the gospel proclaims you forgiven. See, racial strife, a lot of us just sit flat guilt. I mean, we're guilty, we won't admit it. But, but when you see the gospel and you see it as giving you the freedom that we have the righteousness of Christ imputed in us, not that we've earned it, but God has given it to us. So, so we don't have to walk around with guilt and trying to blame somebody. That's the freedom of the gospel. Pride. Boy, Satan loves that. That's what got him where he's at in hell. Pride. God hates it too. But pride, I'd say, would be one of the, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's invisible. But you're talking about a relationship, destructive agent, pride is just like that virus. We need to be careful about pride. And when you understand what Christ has done for you and me, there's no room for pride. I cannot be pride because I'm white and somebody's black or green or yellow. I, I can't. Because I know God goes by the inside, okay? There's no room for pride. But see, the gospel gives us the, the humility. But he also gives us the confidence of knowing the new identity of a people that Christ has made. Turn with me to 1 John really quick. 1 John, I won't study that in a minute, chapter 3. Two powerful verses. This is what... This is what the gospel does through Christ. How does that happen? Because Christ has made us a people. And he does this by his grace and by his blood and by his death and by his resurrection. He says, Behold, in chapter 3 of 1 John, the first verse, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we in the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So, so Jesus, in his gracious goodness to us, and his faithfulness to the Heavenly Father, to redeem a people that his Father chose, has now come to the point that he's bringing us and given us a new identity. So then we have now His Spirit living in us. He says in this same book, He says, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God. You've got that. You have the ability now to, to break through the gospel the hold of Satan in your life. Guilt and pride Hatred. Have you ever noticed as much hatred in the world, at least publicized as we see it today? I mean, I mean, it's just rampant. I mean, we need to know the gospel is, is going to have to give us the hand. You know, it's kind of like a hand in glove. You know, the glove is the glove is the deadness of our 
our ways without God. I mean, we have no ability. That's what depravity is. doesn't mean we're the worst we can be. What it means is that we have no ability to believe in Jesus, to come to Him in faith, to trust Him. And by the way, if you're redeemed, if you're chosen, you will believe in Jesus. You will. That, that has to be. I mean, faith is still very, very critical. The thing is, I want you to see with me, it has to come from God. And so, so when it does, and we see that, man, thank you, God. I mean, I can't help my color. I can't help what I look. I can't help that I'm ugly or big or little. I can't, I, I, God, just thank you so much for the everlasting gospel because we're going to live forever with God. We are. And so what a blessing that is. So, so you know, when you understand what God has done for you, where's hatred coming? can't have it it's about time to go it but anyway i think about greed greed you know what that applies to blacks and whites and you know when the first slave came over to the united states to promote uh the white races businesses that's when racial strife started but you know greed applies to blacks and whites we all got it we all got it and so, so what's the remedy? How does the gospel bring? Because now Christ is our treasure. So we can deal with life and we can deal with... But money, making money is not our ultimate reason for being on earth. It's not. Because we have Christ. And we not only have Christ, we have the whole universe thrown in with Him. And so what a blessing that is and what a joy that is to be with Him. Inferiority. You know, I think about that as far as racial diversity and and pride um you know when you think about the gospel how does it break there it understands that that the thing is it's such a paradox christianity i think because it gives us it breaks us down and, and makes us understand we're nothing and yet at the same time it gives us confidence that we are the sons and daughters of god and I, you don't need to be inferior if you're black, you don't need to be. If you're white, you don't need to be prideful. What you need to understand is that's what the gospel's for, to show us that Jesus Christ, the gospel, the true gospel of God, breaks the grip of Satan on our lives. So remember that the doctrines of grace, that is being saved by grace and grace only through faith alone, is, is enables us to grasp racial diversity in the right way secondly we understand that faith in jesus faith in jesus holds us tighter than skin color and then and then also thirdly and lastly remember the gospel the truth of god's word is what we use to break through god's power the grasp of satan on our lives may you be free to rejoice in what God has done for you is my prayer. I'll tell you, to make a big difference, what Todd, what John, what all law enforcement have to deal with in a community, we can all come to understand how much God has done for us. It'll, I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll make us stop hating and trying to, to get the best of somebody, and it'll make us want to serve by people like so many of you are doing. And you keep doing it. It's a great blessing that God has given us, the privilege 
for a time spent on earth called life. May the Lord bless you. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for loving us and for giving us your word. It has to be from you, O oh God, because man couldn't make up a book like you've given us. We thank you for racial or ethnic diversity. We help ask, O oh God, that you'll enable us as we see your great love for us, how you've broken our pride and our spirit of our own goodness and given us yours, that we, Lord, would love you more and love one another as we ought to. Thank you, Jesus, for being all to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.